Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything. On today's show, I've been chasing this young lady uh, for months and months and months. Uh, she is actually probably my favorite in the whole entire industry, and I was just telling her that um, there's levels in in games, and and I find that you know there's some people that are uh, ab above the you know the the most, and then then there's people who are just on that higher plane. And this is th this person is that to me. Um, I've got a chance to be able to see her work firsthand and not only get to see her work firsthand, but how she connects with people and how humble she is. Um, one of the, I think, I was just telling a, a school in Toledo that the best uh, haircutting educator in the whole entire beauty industry is here with me today. And um, it's, it's my, my honor and my pleasure to welcome uh, Chanel Mariano to the show. Oh my gosh, Kelly, I'm trying to keep my eyelashes on because my husband's going to be home and I want to look cute for him, but you're already <laughs> going to make me cry and lose my eyelashes, but <laughs> thank you. Keep it on, not cry. Thank you so much, Kelly. Well, it's, it's incredible to be able to have you here. Uh, for, for most of the listeners that are out there, I mean, uh, a lot of people ask me, you know, oh, do you have a, you know, with your podcast, is it a hairdressing podcast? It's not. It's about people who are absolutely phenomenal and happen to do great things. And well, my experience with you right off the bat, we met at, uh, at a retreat. Um, it was out in, uh, right outside of Zion. And I remember you getting prepared uh, for your set. You were about to go up and you do a thing called uh, visual, uh, visual haircutting or visual education, uh, air, uh, visual haircutting theory. It's right behind you um, on the wall. And I had never seen anything like this. I mean, you made it so simple for every single other person. And that blew me away. But what blew me away was your presence. And we were up in the... Um, uh, the, it was like a kitchen and the, there was a house that was rented and you guys were doing a retreat during there. And you just talked and connected, um, like you didn't care what the people did that were around you. You cared who they were. Um, where did that begin and why is it so important to you to connect with a community with, with people on the level of like finding out where they're at as opposed to like a, a lot of people in your position and the, the, the fame that you have, um, would beat their chest and say that you need to honor me and you flip it around, you honor everyone else. Where did that come from? Oh, well, actually, um, Kelly, I, I totally remember that time. Um, I didn't think of myself as connecting. I was just being me at that time. And at that, that moment, I was desperate. So I teach the same class over and over every single weekend. I'm so comfortable. I could teach it in my sleep. But that weekend, I had a time limit. I had to condense everything. So I was so nervous. I was in the room just practicing over and over, doubting, rewriting everything. So I remember just going out and I thought, I can't, I can't be alone. I need someone. And I was like, I need someone to pray for me. So I just go to the kitchen and then I see you guys and uh, I forgot what happened, but I was, just, I just know I wanted prayer. And then you happened to be there. And then that's how it happened. So I didn't think of myself as going out there thinking I'm going to connect. I went out there thinking, I need someone to pray for me. I'm like so nervous. I'm about to go on stage and I don't even, I'm, I don't even feel like I'm ready for this. So that's what happened at that time. But yes, that shows the power of connection, right? Like you saw it as, Ooh, look at this person, like nice and connecting. And, but for me, I was also getting something in return. So it's both ways, but not rehearsed, not scripted or anything, just something natural. Who gave you the permission 
to simply be yourself. Because when I've watched you, I've, I watch you on your, on your videos, um, you know, Instagram, like if you're on Instagram, you know about Chanel. If you're, if you're on this earth, you know about her. I mean, this, this woman gets more views on one video than most major networks get on a TV show. I mean, it is like, it blows my mind to be able to watch what you do, but every single time you're authentically you, who gave you that permission? Um, you know, uh, what, I mean, or was this just a gift that you had? Uh, no, it, it's not a gift. I think it was, um, a mindset change, a perspective change, um, before. So, I mean, you kind of know my story. I graduated not knowing how to cut hair. I was put down, made fun of, totally sucked. Um, but I did something about it. Um, I did something about it. I didn't let it destroy me. Um, when things got better, I was so passionate about it. I wanted to help other people who are in the same situation I was in. I wanted to, you know, help them in a technical way, but I also wanted to empower and help them and encourage them. But during that time, people used to make fun of people who, especially newer stylists who had aspired to be educators and platform artists. And I thought, oh, I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to be one of those people. Like, what will people say, especially online and social media? I mean, who do I think I am, right? Um, like looking at the other people, I mean, it's my fault. I started comparing myself. You know, everyone else who was doing what I dreamt to do, they were super cool looking. They dressed cool. They spoke well. They had a huge following. They were backed by huge companies. They had all these amazing titles, amazing accomplishments, right? And I'm, who am I? I'm Chanel. I'm this, um, I'm not, I'm not worthy. I'm not qualified. I'm just this short Filipina girl in Phoenix, Arizona, who graduated not knowing how to cut hair. I don't do cool things after work. I don't go to concerts, to parties. I just excitedly go home to my family and be a wife and a mother and a dog mom. Like That's kind of lame compared to everything else. So who would want to learn from me? Who would want to follow me? Who would want to listen to me? Who would want to give me the time of day? So I just pushed that dream down, like really down. Every time it would keep resurfacing, I would just push it down because I thought, man, that's too big of a dream. Uh, no, don't go there, Chanel. But my dad died. My dad died, and um, I was angry. I was angry for a long time. I was so angry at God. Like, I was being like, like I really, really wanted to show him um, how angry I was. And I felt lost and uh, it was just weird. And one day at the salon, I came early. I thought, I have to do something about this. This is lame. I can't just live life like this. And I know the only thing that fixes me personally um, is just one thing. It's, it's God. So I was like, great. The only person I'm mad at is the only one who I know could fix me. And this is just my personal thing. Um, so I went to the break room. I was like, great. So I got my Bible. I just opened it like wherever it opened. And it was at first Corinthians and I started reading it. And as I was reading it, it felt like a letter written specifically for me. Do you know that like meme of a scientist, like Frankenstein who says, ah, it's alive. Like, that's what I felt like. Like every single word, I was like, ouch, like that's me. So for me feeling lost and just powerless and like a victim, I felt so empowered. I felt on fire. And then all of a sudden my dream started resurfacing again. And um, yeah, that fear wasn't there. Like I felt like, 
cocky in a weird way, like just that, like, I don't know, empowered. So I said, okay, time to dream. Okay, we're going to dream our big dream, Chanel. And that dream was to teach one class a month to in Phoenix, Arizona, at the salon where I work at, to three people, three people. So one class every month, and that was like my huge dream. And I thought, man, that's going to be so exciting, so awesome. And it's going to help my family financially, like a lot. So, I mean, fast forward after that, looking back, it just makes me so emotional, Kelly, because what I thought was like an insanely big dream was nothing. It's nothing compared to what God had in store for me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, now's the time to do some shameless promotion. This episode is brought to you by Squeeze Dry, a delicious, no-hassle way to get superfoods, vitamins, and nutrition. SqueezeDry.com. It's also brought to you by Cardenas Law Group, a high-level boutique law firm for all your personal injury needs. That's CardenasLawGroup.com. Thank you so much again for listening. Hopefully, you're continuing to enjoy the episode. Like I ugly cry in the plane all the time because I mean, after that, I was teaching every single weekend all over the U S two cities a weekend, sold out classes up to 30 people, you know, meeting people, connecting, staying in, 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 in touch and to other people. That's probably like, eh, lame dream. That's nothing. But to me, that that's, that was huge compared to what I thought was my big dream. So, so the, the things, Kelly, that I thought were my weaknesses, that was lame, that made me unworthy and just not qualified, it's different now. You know, I'm, I'm still the same Chanel, same aptitudes, same natural abilities, same what people think may be weaknesses, but what changes my mindset, my perspective. What I once thought was my weakness, I see now as my strength. I boast about it now. I talk about it. Like, you know, other people, I mean, we all have, we're all different. We're all unique, beautiful in our own way. And, you know, I'm happy for everyone when people say, yeah, I'm a master stylist. I'm this and this company. For me, it's like I graduated not knowing how to cut hair. Like, yes, I'm a mom and I'm going grocery shopping right now. Like, I'm happy. I'm proud of that. Just as much as I'm proud of another person for, you know, what they're celebrating. So it's, I think it's, it's, it's mindset. If I tried to be like the people who I looked up to before, it would be so awkward. Can you imagine me dressing cool and looking cool and talking a certain way? It would be so cringy, Kelly. So I think the only way you could shine, be different, make a difference in the world is by being courageously, boldly um, you. And so my why change before it was just, I want to teach hair cutting. I want to help people who are in my shoes. Now it's, no, I want to empower people. I want to, I want to encourage them. Like, and I, I now I just want to use hair cutting as a tool to help them. It's like, I'm going to trick you into believing in yourself by teaching you how to cut hair. <laughs> That's the goal now. Well, everybody listening, you know why now I got Chanel on the uh, on the podcast. This is not because you're a hairdresser, seriously. Like for me, I, I mean, you're one of my favorite hairdressers in the world, but it's being able to be around that type of energy. You talked about something, I want to go back. Um, you, yeah. you said that there was a perspective change. There was a time where you lost your father. Talk to us about what your dad meant to you and maybe some of those lessons that your dad imparted before he he left oh yeah because that i mean he did affect my perspective 
um, a lot. I think it's um, when I was thinking about it, I think it's, it's, it's the upbringing, you know, the parenting, me growing up in the Philippines and then most, I mean, I, the, the biggest thing would be my faith, but yes, my, my, my papa did. Um, he, he just never made me feel like a victim. It, he was just very empowering. He always made me feel like a victor. His dad name was, his dad's name was, was Victor. Um, I mean, he's not perfect, right? He's not perfect, but the way he raised me was, I mean, now I'm actually trying to learn how to ask for help, but it was always like, no, you're strong. Use your head. Um, the most important thing is your mind, Chanel. I mean, he was more about like money. So he'd say, the only way you could make money is with your mind. You need to take care of your mind. And then now I'm taking that good, but I'm upping it a bit for my daughters. And I'm saying, yes, you need your mind to make money, but it's not just money. It's also happiness because that's what hap- that's what matters in the end. So yeah, my, my papa and his mindset, I mean, he grew up in the Philippines. That's a third world country. And not just that, he grew up in like the poorest, most dangerous area there called Tondo. Like you walk in the streets, you'll probably like, it, it's scary. It's dangerous. So with whatever he went through, I mean, the lessons, um, he was able to pass down to me and I was able to watch how he lived his life. And that was different. I mean, cancer, he died of cancer. One of the most painful cancers out there, pancreatic cancer, uh-huh. but man, that guy was a beast even to the end. He was like, I would rather get cancer all over again, but like, wow, like his, his mindset was just different. What were some of the things that he told you when you were a kid? Um, some of the sayings, cause all our dads, like, you know, your dad is probably right around in the same generation as mine. And, you know, uh, they say the, they have these sayings and they say them over and over again as kids were mad at our parents for saying them, but then we become parents and we start to say that made sense. What were some of those things that your dad said to you that frustrated you when you were a kid that now you look at and they're like, Papa, thank you so much for that wisdom. Oh, it was so simple before I never, I never saw the importance of it. He just always say, use your head. It was always that like whenever he said bye, it would always be like, okay, bye, sweetheart. Love you. Use your head, use your head. And I'm always thinking like, what do you think of me? Like, what do you think do I do out there? Why do you always remind me to use my head? But that's what he would always say. He's just, he always um, put a lot, a lot of emphasis in, in the mind, like playing chess, sharpening your your mind, owning your mind, like uh, mental strength, um, which is kind of weird because in a third world country in the Philippines, we didn't really pay much attention to mental health and all that. So I don't even think he was thinking that. This was just a natural thing for him to take care of your head, use your head, you know, protect your head. Yeah, that was my papa. So one of the, one of the, I, I have so many favorite things about you. Um, when we were going to schedule the podcast in the first place, um, I had scheduled a time and then I had to push back a little bit. And your response inspired me more than, I mean, people tell me sayings all the time. I'm around uh, amazing people. People that have been on the podcast have been, I mean, unbelievable. Um, But you inspired me probably more than anyone that I've ever interviewed. And we weren't even interviewing in the response that you sent back to me when I said, can we push the time back? Your response to me was, that's my family time. And it oh, wasn't, oh, I remember that. it wasn't a negotiation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you were gangster there, uh, Chanel. You were like, that's my family time. And then you just dropped it off. I was like, maybe she was saying, uh, uh, that's my family time and I'll work it out for you, Kelly. Cause you're a really nice person, but she didn't guys, her Filipino butt was like, 
I have having family time and you're out. So that was the end. And it inspired me so much because you add such an emphasis to your family. Why is it so important for you to have an amazing uh, relationship with your husband, with your daughter? Like, cause a lot of people are like, yo, I got to hustle. I got to grind. And if they need to take a back seat, then I need to go get mine and then I'll bring it back to them. And then they, the thing implodes. Why is that so important to you? Um, I, I don't mean to get dark, but this is just how I am. Kelly, I always, I think ever since my dad died, I'm always thinking about death. I always think like, what if my husband died? What if my daughter died? What if I died? Will any of this matter? And then that just makes things so simple. And then I know the answer. That's where my mind is always at. So whatever I'm doing, if I'm not with my family, it better be worth it. It better have meaning. Otherwise, rather be with I'd rather be with them. I, there's always a why behind everything. I don't just do things for fun. My life is is my family. Everything else I do, it's to benefit the the family. And then just that that death thing is always in the back of my head. Like, no, I don't want there to be any regrets. Now, did you grow up in that kind of unit too? I mean, is this again? Is this is this? Uh, my question always, or the billion dollar question is: Is it born in, or can it be learned? Can a person that you know, uh, we deal with young kids. You deal with young stylists in the industry, starting to anywhere from young stylists to like super experienced stylists. But can it be taught? Like, if if a person didn't grow up with a family, I mean, number one was was yours from a family unit? Uh, did you learn that sense of family, or was it something that you know that you maybe saw it outside and you said, "I want that"? Oh no, definitely not. Um, I was raised to think. Uh, I, I remember when I was a kid, my dad would always say, "Chanel, I could uh, wife's totally replaceable. I could have so many wives, but there's just only one you. <laughs> I, I don't know how many times my dad got married. I lost count. How many you, I don't know. You might be my brother. Yeah. I was like, oh, like that's, that's what I was my, yeah. There's a lot of things I can't talk about, about my childhood, but um, yeah, it's, it's nothing close to what a traditional um, family would be. Um, I remember um, when I was getting married, my dad even said, I mean, my dad, he's so, so lovely. He's just not perfect. No one's perfect. But I remember him saying, all men cheat, you know, the only men who don't cheat are the ones who don't get caught. So these are the things in my, my head, but what I tried, I know, right? But no, hold on, hold on, Chanel. Did he, <laughs> Chanel, did he t say that to you on your wedding day? Uh, not on my wedding day. I forgot when, but he meant well, like more like to protect me. I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, but yes, my, my childhood is, um, yes, crazy. And like I said, there's a lot of things I wouldn't be allowed to talk about, but, um, what I try to share with my daughter is, you know, um, we all like, everyone goes through hardships, right. And knowing that you need to be compassionate about other people you, don't, you can't be quick to judge, to hate, because you'll never know what they went through. But then knowing that for yourself, whatever you went through, know that that shouldn't determine who you are today, right? Wow. Like let, knowing that, let your past, like knowing that, like be better, be better than that. That shouldn't dictate who you are. But then knowing that, let that give you compassion for someone who somehow got molded by their past and hopefully with love and compassion, you could lead them out of that. I don't know if that makes sense. That it just does. Came out of nowhere. It but does. I do well, my best. 
with the one. Well, with with love and compassion, right? Most of the time, and this is just a, you know, uh, an observation. Anytime I see someone with crazy love and compassion, um, with crazy empathy, they've gone through um, crazy things that got them to a point where they said, you know what, that could be me. Whereas when you don't have impacts, um, empathy doesn't, and it doesn't mean you can't gain empathy and you can't learn it, but most of the time, the the people who have the most empathy uh, and the the most connection point to people are people who have had impacts in their life. Um, what are some of those impacts that you had in your life that caused you to say, like, uh, like that you're able to be so authentically you? Because you're not. Again, you are one of the top, if not the top, educator in a whole industry, in a multi, 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 multi billion dollar industry. And here is Chanel. And Chanel is that, but yet you constantly are just letting people know, I'm just Chanel, I'm just here and I'm helping you out. And to other people, you're on this other level. What are some of the impacts that caused you to be able to, to think that way? To, to think and continue to just be myself. Yeah. So what are some um, of the, what are some of the impacts that, uh, that, that caused you to have as much empathy as you do? Oh, um, well, first off, I, I really don't, I didn't think of myself as that way. I'm just always in my little vibe, uh, my little bubble. I'm doing my own thing, but thank you so much for your kind words, um, Kelly, but, um, like empathy for people and like helping by just being me. I don't know, Kelly, I just don't know any other way to do it. Like I do things because that's what's, that's in my heart. Like, um, I don't know. It's heavy on my heart to help people who it's, 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 it's my why Kelly. I just truly believe that these hairstylists, my, my, the people in, in, in our industry, everyone that they are a masterpiece, like, like each person is created, I don't know, beautifully, uniquely. There's no one like them. Like they're meant to make a difference in the world. And, and when I see them held back by, I don't know, like what reason it could be, it just, it, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. And most of the time I see it self-doubt, low self-esteem. So it's like, it's not even work for me. It's like, how can I not feel this way? How can I not feel like wanting to help and, and empower? And how will I do that by being theatric or doing whatever, not being me? The only way I could do that is by being raw, real, and authentically me by saying like, Hey man, I, I went through the same thing. This is what happened. And guess what? Lies, not true. Like you're meant for so much more. And, and that's why I love my classes. That's why I love meeting these people, especially like before the class, after the class, during breaks, and especially now virtual, I feel like I get more one-on-one -on -one time, um, with people. Cause that's, that's what I'm out there to do. Cause the fundamentals of haircutting, Kelly, you could learn that anywhere. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I, I'm here for so much more, so much more. Well, let's, let's talk about, let's dive into that part of it because it's like, you know, you had this business that you're running all over the country. You start off with, tell us, I mean, the first class that you do, how many, the first, Another pause for station identification and shameless promotion. This episode is also brought to you by Finley Cars of Las Vegas. I tell you, the next level in the car buying experience, and not only that, but the life of your car, the service that you're going to uh, experience is incredible. It's Finley Volvo Cars. Uh, 
lv.com. And also brought to you by uh, Bling Shine Serum, the only product on the market that will add weightless moisture, strength, and shine, and the only uh, product that has the endorsement of my mama. When I showed her all the features and benefits, she smelled it, and she said, this is the greatest product that you've ever done. And I thought, mom, do you not uh, look at the features and benefits? She said, no, if it smells like that, it must work. And I tell you, every single woman needs a little bit of bling in their life, and this can be purchased at kellycardinasalon.com. Very first class you do, how many people are in it? Because your dream was to get one class a month with three people in it. Tell us your first class, how many people were in it? Oh, I sold out at three. Okay. I sold out at three. So you sold out at three. another three. Okay. And another three. And then the next one, only one person showed up, and I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, everyone in the salon is going to see but I only have one person in my class. That person attending is going to see there's no one else there. Ah, like what have I done? So all the self-doubt came back in again. And yeah, I'm glad I didn't quit though. But um, yeah, because after that, it just kept getting better and better. So as it um, went, as it went. Man. So tell us about, because you said that there was, it got to a point where every single week there was multiple, was it multiple classes when you were in person? Uh, yeah, every Every single weekend, um, two classes, two cities a weekend. Okay. Um, that's when I was crazy. That was 2017. And then uh, my back started to hurt. <laughs> my how, immune system. How many? Like, if how you many, sneeze next to me, I would get it. <laughs> how many people uh, in each class? So you were sold um, out at 30 or how many in yeah. each class on the weekend? So it would depend on the salon owner, however many they'd allow me to have. But I'd tell them I, it needs to cap at 30, nothing more than that. Um, minimum of, I think it was 10 to 15 around 2017. So whatever they'd say, um, it, that's what I would open the class to and sell tickets for. Well, the reason why I wanted to dive into this is because there are so many people, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's this thing that not many people know about. I'm going to tell you a secret right now, Chanel. It's called the pandemic. I'm the only one that knows about it. No one else in the world knows about it, but it's this thing that shut down the world and everyone flipped their lid but what I saw you do is stayed calm. You adjusted your business. And as you adjusted your business, I see you now doing, for me, watching from a distance, I see you doing things on a higher level than you were before. Talk to us about that experience and going through that. It was always in the back of my head to do virtual classes, to, do, to go online but I had a billion and one excuses not to do it. But if, you know, if I, if I humble myself, it's really fear. It's fear. That's what it was. So it was like two years in the making, but when the pandemic hit, got it done in three days. <laughs> like, it was crazy, right? <laughs> what, that, what that could do and you're forced to. So uh, I realized that, wow, I, I thought I was a hairstylist, you know, a hair cutting educator. I didn't realize, I guess I'm in events. Because that happened around March and I was sold out every single weekend till August. And then we don't, we didn't know what was going to happen. We were living day by day. Um, so I was not calm, Kelly. Um, I was trying, faking, you know, my head still thinking like my dad, like be strong, be strong. No one cries, cries for the week. But then my husband saw some video on the internet. I guess it was the coronavirus song and he was singing and dancing it. And I was like, I'm about to lose it. I'm about to lose it. <laughs> and uh, as she was singing the coronavirus song, so I ran upstairs, ran into my walk-in closet, locked it, and then just cried for five minutes, just really bald. And then after that, I said, okay, you can't keep staying in this state. You need to get out. 
So yeah, after five minutes, I got out and I just started, I put my head down and then just started working, started pivoting, um, transitioning in three days. And um, yeah, like that really sucked. But that, that experience for me personally, that made me grow a lot. It, it, I, I learned a lot from it. Um, so I, 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 I wish no one got sick, no one got hurt, no one got financially hurt from it. But uh, for, I'm, I'm happy I learned those, those lessons that I did. Yeah. Well, let's take, let's take this back to, you know, five to seven-year-old Chanel. Um, take us into the mind of five to seven-year-old Chanel. You said that, you know, Pop was giving you some lessons. He was saying, stay strong. Don't cry. It's for the week. You, you mentioned that just a second ago. Um, yeah. Those kind of things. As a young girl at five to seven or even nine years old, um, it, it's tough because now your identity starts to change, things like that. A lot of times in that scenario, um, most of the time what I see, especially, you know, um, with young girls, they have the tendency to make not great decisions as far as relationships and they perpetuate that as they go. Like you seem to go a completely other way. Take us into the mind of a five to seven year old uh, Chanel and what she was going through um, during those times. Um, total daddy's girl, five to seven years old. Um, as a as a kid, um, I I did everything to make my dad proud, and to make my dad proud, it was always be a business person, make money. So I'd always figure out ways to be like a little entrepreneur selling things and be like, yeah, Papa, look what I did. And, um, and I, I remember um, looking out the window of our condo, we were in the city and I saw a bunch of women walking in their outfits, uh, blazers. I'm just remembering this thing right now. They look so professional. I said, wow, Papa, I want to be just like them. I want to dress like that. And I'm just remembering this now, so thanks for asking me that. My papa said, why would you want to do that? Why would you want, and there's nothing wrong with it. This is just my dad's mentality. No, no one's perfect. He just said, why, but I guess because he saw who I was, you know, who, um, my, my interest. He said, why would you want to be that? Wouldn't you want to make money in your pajamas instead? He said, why would you want to work for someone? Which is nothing wrong with that, but that's just the way I was conditioned as a kid. It's, uh, it's always like dream bigger dream. I, um, yeah, I know that's just so random. I'm happy you asked me that. I'm going to think about that more after this, but yeah, that's the way I was raised. It was always, um, think of, you know, like what you could create businesses and that try to like work for yourself, be independent. That's what would make my dad proud. So that's what I was, I think that was my whole childhood. I just wanted to make him proud. It always felt so good you know, whenever, um, I'd accomplished something and, you know, when he passed and my business was, I mean, it's not big or anything, but every time it would improve, I, I just always wish he was around, you know, cause I'm just so used to that just to be like, Papa, look what I did. Chanel, you, know, you keep, Chanel, you keep saying that your business isn't big. I want to give the, for, there are listeners out there that are not hairdressers. There's uh, actually the majority of the listeners are, aren't hairdressers. Okay. You talk about the fact that it's not big. It's big. It's huge. And every single person listening, this is the most humble person that you'll ever meet in your entire life because she talks about herself and she's like, no, I'm just Chanel. No, she's not just Chanel. I mean, this, this woman, tell us an average, just tell us an average on how many views you get on a video when you post it. Tell us an average. Like a hundred, uh, like a hundred thousand would be average. Yeah. Okay. 
a hundred thousand. Like, I love that because a lot of people are like, oh, she gets a hundred views. So do I on my pie that I uh, uh, post. But what I love about yours and you say a hundred, I mean, what's the most that you've ever got on a video? Oh gosh, I, I, I'm not sure. I need to be looking at those numbers. Um, I look I at, think it, it, I look at those numbers. Have reached a million. Okay. A million. For all of you listening, a million. But the cool thing with Chanel and the reason why you inspire me is because your million counts. Your million moves you towards what your ultimate goal is. So this woman isn't doing things outside of her character to get a like, a love, or a view. She's doing things that are in line with her purpose, exactly what she was talking about now as you were explaining. Tell us about, so I, I just wanted to give our listeners the, 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 the full view of you, Chanel. And every time that I talk about how great you are, you get physically uncomfortable. Do you realize that? Oh, I do. You okay. do. You get Maybe physically should, uncomfortable. Like, not show the video. No, I love it. I love it because it just shows the the humility that you have. It shows who your true character is. And I, I just, I, I'm allowed to brag about you, right? So if you were beating your chest, be like, "Yo, look what I did," but. I know. I like when you were talking about the stats. When you said a hundred, some people were going to be like, "Ah, oh, hundred? No, hundred thousand. That's that. All the videos that I've seen of you, that's the least amount that that there is. That's the least. A hundred thousand, the least. And I just want to applaud you because again, you're not going after clickbait, likes, loves, things like that. You're about your business. Tell us about your first entrepreneurial thing that you were able to take back to Papa and say, look, Papa, I made some money. So was that at nine years old? Was this at seven years old? Were you selling now and laters? What were you doing? What was the first thing that you did that independently made you money? Um, I think it was, um, I was really young. I just remembered it on um, Christmas. I made gift bags out of Christmas wrappers that my stepmom had, and I sold it to my dad's friends. Um, so yeah, every time he'd had friends visit, I would make sure to sell to them. I'd be like, Papa, that's how much your friend gave me. I mean, it were, earning in pesos, it would probably be like 10 pesos, but because I'm, you know, a dad, my dad, my dad's daughter, you know, a friend, they'd give me a little bit more. So I'd be like, look all I made. And he'd just be so proud, like, good job, sweetheart. And then he'd give me ideas. Now, what if you had your men, your, your friends make it for you? And then you pay your friends. And so he'd give me more ideas. And I'd be like, what? And then I'd like call my friends or something. So, um, yeah, that was me back in the day. So when you went into this, uh, this enterprise, I mean, uh, let, you know, I, I look at a lot of industries and a lot of industries are male dominated, right? And they're, they're male dominated. A lot of times that there's, uh, you know, people see a barrier of entry and they're like, I can't go there because it's, it's a man's part or, you know, back and forth, whatever it is. How is it to be, I mean, such an incredibly powerful, and I think it, it, for our listeners out there, um, as a, as a woman, um, to be in a spot where you understand and know, are, are there, are there things that you deal with that someone else, that, that, that a man wouldn't deal with when you're, when you're going through your business, the way that you are? Um, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about that because I'm, I'm just me. I'm, I'm independent. I don't really work with anyone. And then, um, when I work, what's healthy for me is not to look at other people. Um, I just know how I work, what keeps me strong. And, um, so I, I don't look, it's just, it's just me. Even if I admire something, I don't want to look at it because I don't want to unconsciously copy. Mm -hmm. So I just really put my head down. Um, I know it is, um, male, male dominated, but I, I don't really let that affect me. 
Um, sometimes it affects me when people, um, when people mean well, people mean well, they'll come to me and say, Chanel, I want to help you. I want to bring you on stage um, because I want to empower women because women don't do well in our industry. Women can't do this, this, and this, and this, and that. And they mean well. And I love that, that they mean well and they have good intentions towards me. But for me, I mean, Chanel, the way I work, that doesn't help me. That paralyzes me. That makes me doubt myself. So when someone means well and tries to empower me by saying that, that cripples me for like a day. I'm like in my couch doubting myself saying, wait, what? Women can't make it? I thought we could. Um, Yeah, so that's happened to me multiple times. Or another time someone said, Chanel, I'm doing, putting something together and it's all the best hair cutters. And I realized there's no woman. So I thought of you and I thought, ah, what? I'm going to be the token woman. Um, So that's supposed to be empowering. It's supposed to like, the intention is good. It's from a good place. But for me, the way my crazy mind works and then this is just me for me it's like ah like wait what <laughs> i can't do it so for me um i don't know it's just my dad just raised me to be like whatever you want you can do it like there's no like um like only you you could achieve what you want to like nothing's going to hold you back what's holding you back is your mind is how your, your your perspective it's not anything else so when people mean well and they say that it helps other people but for me no it cripples me so what i do most of the time is i just put my head down work not look left and, and right well that's that's phenomenal i mean you you just drop bombs and you drop bombs uh just being you what is your like uh, what i love too is the the family aspect of you and your relationship i see it you know you see it through uh, you know, through your social and stuff like that, of you being with your daughter, uh, the love that you have for your husband. What has your husband taught you over the years? Oh my gosh, my husband, amazing, amazing, like man. Um, not only is he like super cute and all that, um, <laughs> this guy, I mean, I, we, we, we were in the same school since the first grade, Kelly. We've known each other forever. We talked about this the other night. We said, man, think about it. It's like, we raised each other. Like we grew up together. We sharpened each other. Um, this man, he just knows how, cause everyone's, everyone's different. I'm different. I'm unique, but he knows how to handle me. Like he, um, yeah, it's kind of like my dad. Now that I think about it, like he treats me <laughs> like, like a, like a victor. Like, like one time I remember I was crying. I was curled up because my submission for a scholarship was two minutes late. I was crying. I was like, that's it. I've been working all day. I haven't slept for three days. And instead of hugging me, he yelled at me. He said, why are you crying? Why are you crying? I thought you were a Christian. Where's your faith? And then I just made me keep working. And so he knows, he knows my limits. He knows when to push me. He knows when to hug me. And most of the time he pushes me, he pushes me, but he knows when it's time to be like, okay, who did that to you? Come here. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's my, my husband, like the, the words he speaks over me, like he really believes in me. He believes in me more. Sometimes I think he thinks too highly of me and, and, and yeah, and I feel that with how he treats me. And that's why I feel, I feel like braver because he's around. Yeah. That, that guy's amazing. What, what has your daughter taught you? Most of us think when we become parents, we got to impart wisdom. But what I've found with my daughter and my son, like literally like, God brought them into my life to teach me lessons and to, to, to snatch me up. So it's not about me teaching them. What has your daughter taught you? Oh, my daughter. Well, being her mom 
helped me so much because it makes me audit everything before I move, before I say anything, before I make any changes, any decisions. I need to watch because she's watching. Mm. She's watching. She's listening. So that made that affected my life so much. You know, every time I even just buying something, um, I always have to think of like, how does that affect Sophia? What is Sophia thinking? You know, um, but it doesn't mean I'm like super like, like, like a robot always acting perfect. No one, when, when I mess up, like I tell her, like, look, I messed up. Like, look how we're going to get out of this. Like, um, I don't know, being, being her mom really made me a better person, like a really better person. What's the worst mistake that you've made in your business? Worst mistake, uh, burnout, not taking care of myself. So that was... And I I, I heard you allude to it. You talked about it a little bit in 2017. You were going and someone would sneeze close to you and you would, you know, you would, you would catch it. Um, You were going, 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 going. So what you dreamed about came about. And I don't know if you can relate to this, but there was a time when I was talking about my wife and I, and I told her, I said, there was, um, there was this, uh, this, this kind of dream that I had. And then before I knew it, I turned around and that dream had become my boss as opposed to me enjoying it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Have you, have you gone, have you gone through that? And how, if you haven't, how do you, how, how do you stiff arm that bad boy? Cause I want to know, cause I mean, I, I ended up on the wrong end of it. God, because when, when I, when I went, um, when I went independent, um, what, what I told myself was, oh, you know, awesome. This is like a different journey. Now it's direct. There's no one in between. My direct boss is God, right? And I'm operating, you know, I mean, you know, you have your natural abilities, which is super limiting, right? Which And I've shared that with you, but I was starting to do things. I feel like the extraordinary compared to my ordinary. And it's because of God, right? So I'm just like leaning on his strength, his wisdom. Like everything is because of him, but all these great things were happening, Kelly. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I want it. I want it. I want more, more, more. And then I realized all of a sudden, like what you said, it wasn't God who was my direct boss anymore. It was the business. I was working in my own strength, in my own wisdom, which is super lame. And then that's when the burnout (laughs) happen <laughs> explain to it let's and go so let, I always have- let's go to that burnout point because some people they don't even realize burnout sometimes you're succeeding like things are better than ever and there's signs that now you can look back on and be like yo i saw it what are some of those signs that you could the precautionary signs that you could give and let the listeners know that if they start to see these things just don't be freaked out but be aware of it. Well, first off, I think, I think stress, I think it's, it, it's, it's stress when you feel stress, like it, it's just a, like a, an easy reminder that, Hey, things are not balanced, like fix, like think about it. What, what's going on? I think that's the first indicator, but me, I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to be on flashing lights to see that indicator. So for me, the sign that I was burnt out was I was looking at my boarding pass all morning, just trying to understand it. And I couldn't understand it. One second, I think it's six o'clock, 6 PM. And then I almost missed my flight. 
Here we go again with the shameless promotion. This episode is also brought to you by Piper Diamonds for all your jewelry needs. My necklace that I get complimented all over the country and all over the world, uh, my pennant was made by Piper Diamonds Company. This place is absolutely phenomenal. When you're looking for that special something for that special someone, Piper Diamonds is the only answer. It's piperdiamonds.co. And it's also brought to you by Kelly Cardina Salon in Las Vegas and in Chicago. This is top-level service, guys, without the ego and, hands down, the greatest shampoo experience that you will ever have in your life. This will create uh, an evangelistic-type uh, experience. You will be talking about this for years and years to come. The wash house, uh, completely separate area, com- uh, different sound system, soundproofed, head, neck, and shoulder massage. You will be over the moon with your experience, and you can uh, schedule your appointment at kellycardinasalon.com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. When I got to the airport, I was wearing two different shoes. So just everything was going wrong. Like my mind wasn't sharp. Another time, uh, weeks after that, um, I forgot another thing happened to where I was scared driving. Like I really had to focus. And uh, that's when I knew, okay, Chanel, like this is too much you need to stop because I don't understand stress and those signs for me I'm just going to go on robo mode because I have systems and structures so I'm just going to act like a robot and then just follow and not even realize I am a robot it's like I have no more soul I'm not even all there so now 2020 that's what it taught me it's because I never had to think about these things I never really had to think about mental health and all that but 2020 taught me the importance um, of that of you know taking breaks, having hard stops, you know, having days off, um, telling, you know, being telling okay Kelly, just... telling Kelly that you can't come on the podcast. That's one of them. Oh that was gosh. a hard stop, right? That was that <laughs> stiff arm. I experienced a stiff arm guys. And I, I love it, Chanel. Seriously. That was the best. It was the most inspirational stiff arm I've ever got. There wasn't even a response. Family time o'clock. I love it. I, <laughs> that's family what, time o'clock. And that's what you yeah. wrote in the, e- I think, the email or the message. And I was like, yeah. but but it's me, Chanel. Like, I, I, I like, I, I want to be special. And I thought you were going to make an exception. You were going to follow it up, but you sure didn't. You were just like, look, <laughs> chump, I, I'm out. Family time o'clock is what it is, right? Yes, family time o'clock. So, so, yeah. so tell me this because we—I just got—I uh, just got a chance to be able to talk to some kids, and we were talking about four four legs to a table, right? So four legs okay. to a table, uh-huh. and this is what uh, what we what we've taught on for years is that uh, you got personal, professional, spiritual, and financial, right? Personal, uh-huh. professional, spiritual, uh, financial. So in your personal life, you know, you have relationships, you got your professional life, what it is that you do, um, your spiritual life, uh, your connection to whoever, whatever you. Uh, worship, and then uh, you got your finances. How important is are those areas in your life? Because you, you seem like what makes me feel bad about myself today in talking to you, Chanel, is it sounds like you got it all figured out. Like it sounds like, I mean, wow, she's got hard stops. Um, you know, she's making sure that her family is uh, uh, in that place. I, I'm probably going to get off the call and need to go to therapy because I'm like, damn, well, oh. Chanel is smiling. She's so happy. Um, do you consciously think about those four uh, in your life and make sure that they're all stable or does that just happen naturally? Um, I feel like, um, well, the, the family thing, that that's really, 
I feel like that one's natural because I, I just love my daughter so much. I can't get enough of her. Sometimes I wake her up and be like, are we going to play now? We're going to hang out. Like <laughs> sometimes she's like, mom, I'm in the bathroom. Like you're taking too long. Come on, let's hang out. And my husband, I'm just madly in love with him. So that's easy um, work. I love my work so I can't stop it. You know, um, finances, that's another thing. I'm weird. Like I enjoy these things. I talk to my daughter about interest rates and everything. Um, yeah, we'll have weird conversations about that. For me, it's spirituality. Because I tend to like ask for help and be dependent and then, uh, you know, on, on God. And then all of a sudden I get cocky, I forget. And then I go on my own strength and my own wisdom and then burnout happens. And then I have to go back. So that's what I need to work on. Well, that's, that's incredible. So as you're, as you're going along, like uh, with your, with your business um, and as you're seeing it, how have you been able to like, what things are you putting in play now? um, to stop those things from happening. Right. So your business has gone through the roof and you're very humble about it, but I get to brag because I'm your friend and I get to be like, yo, Chanel, this is, this is Chanel, like check her out. And I know sometimes it makes you feel uncomfortable, but we're going to be friends forever. So you're going to have to deal with the fact that you're awesome. Um, but your business continues to grow and it's not like it's going to stop anytime soon because you're, you, you're doing the right things for the right reasons and the right thing keeps happening. It's no mystery here, right? How, like what, what things are you putting in play now to head those things off at the past so you don't get to that point? Because it seems like that's what I keep hearing from you is like, you're, you're being methodical so you don't get to that burnout point again or that, uh, you know, that, that dream doesn't become your boss. Yeah. Um, I, right now, um, where, where my mind is at, I, I don't know. I, I think there's just like a lot of eye opening things that happen, um, during the, the pandemic. And like, as you know, my focus is my family. I want to spend time with them in the back of my head. I'm always thinking of death for me with work and hair and educating. It's more of the heart of it. I just want to love and serve people. So for me to continue, continue to do what matters to me, which is those two things without burnout or having to worry about money right now, I'm trying to figure out how to make my money work for me. Um, that's, that's where, where I'm at, um, right now, but it's like, can I have more hours in the day? Um, it's just like, ah, right. That way, you know, I, I could just really focus on just like loving and serving and doing it my way and then spend time with my family and, I guess it's, it's, it's not, it's not about rich being rich or a certain dollar amount. It's, it's more of like, um, wealth being able to generate income to comfortably do what I want to do, serve and love people. And then my family to where when I die or anyone else dies, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I feel good about it. No regrets. Well, this is a question that I have for, uh, for a lot of people who, who accomplish the heights uh, that you do and the things that you've done in your, not only just in your business, but within your life. You start off uh, like it's, um, I, I call it kind of almost a rebel, rebel mentality. I'm not saying that you're, you know, this rebellious person, but you have this rebel mentality of like, hey, we're going to shake up the world. Not that you were saying that to all your friends because you stayed in your lane. You told us about that. You're not looking at other people because you don't want to imitate them. 
But in your own mind, in your heart, you were saying, I'm going to shake up the world. Like I'm going to be authentically who Chanel is. I'm going to go after this thing. Um, it, during the rise, that, that really motivates us. It, it, it drives us, right? Then there's a point where it's like, I mean, if you were to say today, you're to pop a video out, whether it be through, uh, you know, your website or through your social and said, I'm going to do this. You would get hundreds of thousands of people being like, yes, you're going to do it, Chanel. That's different than when you're going up in it where a person is like, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. How have you been able to deal with going from a rebel saying, I got this idea to being the one that literally now you say something and everyone is moving in that direction? How are you able to reconcile that part of it? Because I think a lot of times people implode in it. Um, I didn't really think that because I, I have that when I when I have an idea, I'm always like, will it even happen? I didn't even I never even thought of what other people would think or if they but when I when I think about it, I think of my husband because it's really like it's really just us. We're just like the three musketeers <laughs> and my husband. I mean, I love him so much, but he used to doubt me back in the day because um, I'm crazy. I am a crazy rebel. He would have heart attacks. I'd be like, babe, I prayed about it. God said I need to leave my job. No plan. And he'd just be like with a fake smile, okay, go upstairs and like pray hard. Um, that was my husband. Or uh, And he's only telling me this now, now that things are okay. He used to said, babe, remember when you guys used to make $200 every two weeks? And you used to tithe that used to give me a heart attack at church. Um, so, and he's only telling me these um, things now um, or um, with, with hair shows. Cause he, only, I mean, this was during the, uh, the economy was bad in like, like 2008 ish. Um, right. And my husband just left the Navy. He's a civilian starting all over again. There's no jobs for him. This, this man is taking like two, three jobs just to make money, volunteering to go to Iraq, signing up again, just to bring in money for the family. And here I'm here. I am going to hair shows, unpaid photo shoots and everything. But he would, he'd say it nicely, just more like questioning to make me think like, um, okay, but, um, um, are, are you going to get paid for it? Like in a nice way, like he doesn't mean anything. He's just like, he's trying to check, like, let's be practical here. Not saying, no, you do not go. Cause I'd go any anyway. But, um, I think like, I kind of took that to heart and I didn't even realize it. It just like piled on. So now later on, cause I mean, I used to have to always let him do his thing. For me, it's like, my life was just pretend he, he I mean, it was it's just like a dream la la land. So, um, but I didn't want to be dreamy la la land. So I remember I said, we're going to have to finance this. Um, I don't want to be just a brat, you know, doing whatever, living my dream. No, we're going to have it. I'll make sure I pay um, my part, but going through that. And I understand him because my gosh, all the stress, the burden on his shoulders and then seeing me like do all this crazy stuff. Um, I know, I guess, I guess that kind of hardened my heart after a while. So I, I caught myself afterwards, you know, when he'd start doing things for the Navy, more volunteer work, more pouring into future sailors unnecessarily in his own time, own passion, I would catch myself saying, is that pain? Or, and, and so I, I didn't, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. And we had, we had such a good, we had such a good talk um, about that. And the things that he didn't understand that made him resent me a little bit because he knew where it came from. It made him love me more like, Oh, that's 
that's where that came from. And then me saying, you know, when you used to question me about was I going to make money or not, <laughs> that, that hurt my feelings. I hated you for that. And then I found out why he asked me that. It's because he was losing his mind already. He didn't know how to provide for his family. And he didn't want to appear weak and tell me, babe, I'm having a hard time. He said, sometimes I'd be driving and I would just wish like I would get hit or something. Like I didn't know it got that dark. And knowing that, that hate became, man, I love you even more. Like, um, so yeah, that, that's, I don't even know how it got there, but, um, he's just such a good teammate, a good partner, um, in life. Um, yeah. So him now, when I say something crazy, he's just like, yeah, go for it, do it. Cause he knows. And, um, also he knows how, how God works, how our God works. So he's just like, yeah, yeah, go for it. No matter how crazy. Cause he's seen what happened. I remember before, uh, we were in Walmart. He said, I don't know, babe. Um, I feel like I need to give this guy $50 and I wasn't making any money. And I said, can I have $50? And then afterward, he said, oh, okay, like we're so broke. And I said, no, 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 I don't want your $50. I want it from my business account, which I don't even know if I have enough money to pay for my, my chair rent next week. But no, I think God says it needs to come from my rent. So I gave this guy like $50. And he's like, she's crazy. I married a crazy woman. But then like a week after, like some random person pays for my rent full. So he sees how things work in my life. So now he's less afraid, less panicking, <laughs> less praying in the bathroom or whatever he does to not freak me out. <laughs> Chanel, you are, you are the, well, one of the kindest spirits and seeing your smile, your smile is so infectious. When you're telling the stories, it's so amazing. The thing that I saw in the story and what I heard is something that I experienced because I grew up in a, uh, in a town, in a, in a community where there was a, a large Filipino uh, community. And I just experienced, now, uh, those of you who are watching this, you just saw it happen. Those of you who are listening, go back, rewind the, the podcast and rewind and you'll hear it happen. It's called the Filipino fire. And you know what I'm talking about, Chanel. Filipino fire is something that, like, there's a place that, that turns you and that, that grabs a hold of you. And I mean, it just gets you right. And when you were talking about some of those things, I saw that Filipino fire come out. What do you, what? Oh. You know, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you understand that? Your, your daughter does, right? Your daughter's in the room and she knows what the, it's Sophia. Am I correct? Is it Sophia, your daughter? Yes. Yeah, okay. Sophia, yeah. you know about the, uh, the, the Filipino fire. Yeah. She's, oh, oh. Actually, Sophia's in her room. Oh, she her is. Homework. She knows what the Filipino <laughs> yeah. fire is, right? She knows what that is. Yeah. So what, what causes the Filipino fire to come out? Like when, when all jokes, when all smiles stop and it's like, no, 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 uh-uh, that ain't happening. <laughs> Cause my wife, my wife has this, my wife is from, uh, uh -huh. my wife is from Utah. She's not, she's not Filipino, but I mean, she's got that fire that once we cross that place, she turns from, Hey, Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn, she's the nicest and most beautiful woman in the world. But she is like, eh, there's a line right there. What causes that to happen with Chanel? Oh, like, like a line and then like crazy person angry or well, like I mean, passionate about something. What do you mean? Is the, is there a crazy person angry in Chanel or is it, uh, <laughs> or, or is Chanel just as happy go lucky person all the time? Oh no, it's like hundred percent passion. So <laughs> yeah, my poor husband, he deals with, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what causes it to come Too out? Much. What, what, what causes that fire to, uh, to come to the, to the forefront? Ah, who? what is it? Um, I think, no, that, that, 
uh, to me that that I that that negative part of 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 me I think it 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 comes out and I, I I don't like it it comes out when when I'm not okay when I'm not balanced when I'm not I notice that's the trend and my husband notices it too when I'm doing things in my own strength and my own wisdom that's when things aren't okay that's when I'm not balanced and then when I'm not okay then I hurt other people well actually not other people just my husband um it's what <laughs> what ends up happening and, and unfortunately right because I mean something as dumb as if he's like in a bad mood and he doesn't look okay if I'm okay I would be like hey babe what happened are you okay you know if I'm seeing him not being normal but then if I'm not okay then I'll be offended and I'll be like why do you have to run it or like right so um I think and then when I think about it it's it's just when I'm not connected, when I'm not connected with God, that's, that's when I'm not okay. And then that's when the terrible Chanel comes out of nowhere, because if I'm connected, you can't hurt me. You can't hurt me. I'm okay. Like you can't touch me. I turn into, um, you know, Scooby-Doo. Remember Scrappy? Oh, yeah. little guy? Yeah. I'm always like, let me at him. Let me at him. And my husband's almost like, whoa, babe, you're getting too like, like cocky and crazy again in a, in a weird way. Like I can take on the world. Like that's how I get. But if I'm not connected, then I'm just this person who's just like vomiting and sweating pain and just yuckiness, getting it all over other people. So I need to take care of me so I could take care of my husband and not you are awesome. <laughs> let him suffer. So you're, you're con- <laughs> I mean, you're constantly taking care of other people. What is that? And I think our listeners would want to know this. What is that little thing? Like say when you're, you know, you're a very methodical person, you said you get robotic, you can make sure that it happens. This is amazing. I love this trait. Um, for me, I'll give you an example. For me, um, I like to have an apple in the morning. Okay. But not just any type of apple. Like I have apple game. I don't know if you have apple game, but once you experience apple game, you can't go back. So there's levels to apples, right? So there's like, you know, some people, um, you know, say, oh yeah, I have a Granny Smith. That's my apple. I'm like, you you don't have apple game. You haven't experienced apples. Um, and then some people are like, oh, you know, I've got a, uh, got this or that. And I've had times where I've gone to speak and and I like to have apple before I speak. It doesn't make me speak better. It's just what I want. And uh, I remember somebody gave me a Red Delicious. Now, Red Delicious is like, I mean, now I'm going to say this because I've experienced it. A Red Delicious is like the single wide of apples because I used to live in a single wide. So I'm allowed to say that. And I got it. And I was like, the thought was cool, but I ain't trying to have that apple. Like I want to throw it at you. What are, what are those little tiny things that are materialistic and stupid? Because that's stupid on my side. I shouldn't be doing that. I should uh-huh. just be thankful for the apple. But when you get in the Honeycrisp game, when you get in the Sweet Tango game, Sweet Tango is my ultimate apple uh-huh. of all time. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh-huh. What is the little things that get you? Like that take Chanel and, and like that grinds you a little bit? Oh, gosh. Um. I don't know. I haven't thought about that. Now I want to. I want to have something like that. I've got another um, one. You want me to tell you another one? What? I've got another one. I've got another one. When someone gives me an ice cream sandwich and it's not a carnation ice cream sandwich. Now I grew up broke and we grew up with like store brand stuff and I'm I'm completely okay with it. Like I, I'm down with it. Uh-huh. But at this point, the carnation ice cream sandwich has the right crisp on the wafer, and I ain't trying to eat another uh-huh. one. 
I ain't trying to eat another. I ain't trying to eat no bootleg ice cream sandwiches. Are there things that that are those little weird things oh. that you have to have? It's it's food, Kelly, and this is for my whole family. It could ruin our day, especially my daughter. She's the one I need to snap her out of it. We, I appreciate all food, everything that's made with people's hands, you know, to give, you know, to, to serve other people. I appreciate it. But um, the food we like, we, we love to try cuisines from different countries and we want it authentic. We like little hole in the wall places where the grandma is the one cooking. We, um, I mean, we'll appreciate, um, what do they call it when they do like modern twists or fusions and everything. Um, it's good food, but I don't know, money's money. We value our money and we know what we enjoy. So we want to fully like have what we want, which is like super authentic stuff. So if we go out and we eat and we've spent our time and money there and we taste that there wasn't passion put into it, oh, you need to hear my daughter. Like she's deeply offended. She's like, mommy, what are they doing? It's like, there's no passion. Like, why are they like the questions out of her mouth? And then she just can't let it go. And she'll be like, we need to redeem this day. We need to go somewhere else and get dessert or something. <laughs> yeah. Like when it comes to food, we get, yeah, we're usually happy and nice, but when it comes to our food, we get mean, <laughs> not to the people. We're <laughs> never going to be mean to anyone, but the ride home, we're like, Oh my gosh. Like why? And um, yeah, I love, I love, <laughs> I'm not that. proud of that, but well, that messes with us. <laughs> we're, we're proud of that Chanel because it's amazing to, to be able to see it. I mean, you know, you're again, I, I can't emphasize it enough. And those of you listening, you, you hear it in her voice. You can hear her smile. If you're watching, you can see her smile and it lights up every single person, uh, in the vicinity. And even people that have, you know, have been able to experience you on this. On, I want to go back to the growth part because I mean, I think that it's so amazing that, that not only have you stayed in touch with, um, you know, your growth, but also you have utilized, when we go back to it, you've utilized your, uh, what some people saw as a weakness, you use it as your strength. Um, as you grow though, um, early on, it's, it's very easy to make friends when not a lot is happening. When you're having a class with one person in it, it's really easy to make friends during that time. Right now, it's a little bit tough and you have to kind of be protective because people are coming at you with their own advantages in mind. How have you been able to navigate that? Um, actually, I don't really have any people approaching me. It's really just me, my husband, and my daughter. My husband and I were actually talking about it a few nights ago. We were like, wow, like just reflecting because Sophia's getting older. She's 18 on Thursday. We're like, it's really just us. I mean, unfortunately, it's like we don't really have um, we don't really have friends. It's just the the three of us. We've just really made our life work. And then family. I mean, we'll have a, acquaintances, high school friends, but it's it's really just us. And in in the industry, like I, I'm, it's just me. I'm independent. I don't work for a company, so I'm not really. I don't really get to be around people. So sometimes when things happen business-wise, sometimes it, it is kind of hard because my husband's always going to be there 100%, but sometimes he just won't understand. He'll try his best, but sometimes it would feel nice to, you know, talk to someone who'll be, who, who, who gets it. 
Absolutely. I still appreciate him no matter what. So, yeah. But what, I, what I'm getting at though, is like, you know, with the, with the type of, uh, you know, I, you cringe it when I say the, the fame part of it. I love to say it uh-huh. with you because your fame has purpose. Like you're not just, uh, you know, you just don't have a bunch of follower people. You're educating people and impacting mm-hmm. people's lives. And that's the reason why they're, they're touching you. That's the reason why they come for the education and not only for the hair part of it, but you're giving so much more and in empowering so many people. Um, when I say that, I mean, now your reach is, is massive and in that massive, a lot of times, um, people are trying to either collaborate, people are trying to grab a hold or trying to harness. You talked about it earlier, you know, Hey, come and be on the show. Cause you could be the token woman. It kind of shrinks you back a little bit. How, I mean, how have you been able to deal in that realm? Because literally like Chanel, let's be serious. You could, you know, you could collaborate with any single person that you wanted to. You know, if I think of you as like a Dr. Dre in, in your industry, if Dr. Dre sent any rapper a beat, that person would be like, yes, 100%, I'll be there, Dr. Dre. It's the same thing with you. Like if you reached out to any single person in your industry, any person would drop what they were doing and say, okay, I'm good. How have you been able to deal or, or do with that? Are you even conscious of it? I'm, I'm not, um, I, I still, I think I'm, I'm still stuck at that mentality of like, who would want to work with me, um, type of mentality. So I'm really still like in my own lane. It wouldn't even cross my mind once in a blue moon people, um, people would reach out. Um, sometimes we do something out of it. Sometimes, um, we don't, but usually it's cause I'm already booked, um, like many weekends ahead. So it doesn't end up happening. Um, so yeah, I don't really. I don't really get the chance. It's once in a blue moon that I get to work with other people. And then if anything, it would be um, like a bigger company. So it's more corporate. So it's not that like warm relationship type of deal. So it's really just me, my daughter, my husband, just doing all this behind the scenes. You are, you are incredible. So with the type, uh, if I was to tell five-year-old Chanel um, that you were going to experience and, and have the type of success that you had, um, would five Chanel, a five-year-old Chanel, would, would she have believed it? If I would have told, if I would have given a picture of what you're doing now and the influence that you have now, uh-huh. the impact that you have now, if I would have showed that to five-year-old Chanel, would five-year-old Chanel been like, yep, I'm, oh, I've yeah. got that. You would already totally. saw it. Yeah. Yes. I had, yeah, my, my, my papa made me think I could have whatever it is I wanted. It's like after five years old when the doubts started coming in, but at five, I thought, um, yeah. I, I thought I would achieve way more than I would right now. So yes, actually five-year-old now might be disappointed. Like, <laughs> what? Um, yeah. What about, what about <laughs> nine? Five-year-old Chanel was crazy. What about <laughs> nine, 11 year old when you started to go through, you see, you said that you started to go through some doubts, mm-hmm. whatever it was, what would have 11, 13, 14 year old Chanel thought when that happened? Or, I mean, if you were to look actually, at. Actually all the way till um, high school, I think everything i'd just be like what yeah totally i could do that um i think doubts started happening when um we we had sophia young we had sophia young my how, husband how old and I, were you um like nine um 19 going on 20 or 20 going on 21 i forgot wow but but young and i mean maybe it doesn't sound as young but in the philippines growing up in a very traditional like country, very conservative. That was like really young. I might as well be nine years old. Um, so that's when I was like, uh-oh, 
what's going to happen. Um, that's when like the doubts, like, will I make it or will I not? Um, yeah, that's when that trickled in. So then again, I thought that would be my weakness, right? Like even my mother was afraid for me. She said, I don't think you should do this. Um, this might happen. This might happen. This might might happen. And uh, again, here comes my dad sweeping it out of nowhere. No, every child is a blessing. And then, so I guess, and he was right. I mean, I see it right now in my life, like having Sophia never held me back. If anything, she's what like pushed me to be more than I thought um, I could be like everything I thought it wasn't even true. My husband and I were still together. We're madly in love. So I know just looking back all of the fears, it was, it, they were all lies. Wow. So now, I mean, based off of that, I mean, you're a dreamer, you've been a dreamer, and then you've gone after it, and you've pretty much accomplished, I mean, you've, you've pretty much accomplished everything that, that you, you dreamed about. What is the kind of Star Wars mentality for you now? Like in a galaxy far, far away, um, you know, you thinking, well, you know, when you, when you started doing education, you were like, if I could just have three people in a class. Well, then Chanel had 30 people in a class two times a week, every yeah. single weekend, booked out months in advance all over the country, um, and then going to a virtual side. What is that Star Wars now that you're saying, like, this is a kind of crazy idea, but I know this is going to happen? Oh, crazy idea. Um, well, I guess this is not, I guess, a step um, ahead of where I am. Um, right now, I was thinking about it the other day. Um, I just really want to get my message straight. I just feel like I'm not, I'm so far from perfecting it. Like I said, my heart is really to, to be able to tell hairstylists that you have a purpose, you know, empower them and then equip them. Like that's, that's where I want to take this. Now on a personal, uh, as a, uh, as a personal goal, um, I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like time's going so fast and Sophia's getting old, older. And, um, I just want to get to a point where, you know, what I consider right now is work that I would only do for fun. And like I said, a while ago, the lesson from the pandemic to make my money work for me. So I could really focus on what really matters to me in my life. That would be my Star Wars um, thing. What are, what are some of the things, what are the little guilty pleasures? Because you seem like such a focused individual. Um, you know, you're mm -hmm. about your business, you get after it. What's some silly stuff that you do that just fills Chanel up that has, doesn't get you any closer to your goals, doesn't get you any closer in business, doesn't make you any money, but you just do it because it fills you up? Oh my gosh, I draw all these random doodles like my husband will, he'll be watching a movie and I should be working on my next post and I'm drawing dolphins and rainbows and um, yeah, dolphins in a lake. And he's like, babe, there's no dolphins in a lake. And I'm like, it's, it's my happy place. So doodling that, that makes me happy. Um, talking business with my daughter. I feel like I'm turning into my dad. Like that makes me, especially now that she's 18, um, that, that fills my heart, fills her heart. Sometimes we're going to just, we'll just drive around and she's turning into me now. She'll just look at a sign and be like that restaurant, mommy, their sign. It makes me feel like it's an insurance agency. Or sometimes we'll be like that store there in the corner, man, that's been there for how long? It's our first time noticing it. 
what are they doing wrong? And we'll just start to dream or we'll go to the, to, we'll drive by a mall and be like, okay, if you had the power to save this mall, what would you do? Like, those are the weird, dumb things that make us happy and entertain us. And then we'll just start Googling like crazy. And it doesn't matter because it's not like we could help them all or change the sign of that restaurant, but it makes us happy. So uh, I think a lot of times people have questions for a person like, like yourself that has had so much success in so many different realms. Right. And, and I want to applaud you too. in in the, and I keep going back to the success part and I, but I want our listeners to understand that I'm not talking about a monetary side. I'm looking at the fact of how you've been able to keep your family as a core. That is important that you're doing what you love, that you're giving to people. And I think it's amazing. Um, I've seen this translate into your social media. And I think a lot of times people will say, you know, I'm going to have um, these seven steps to the social media. And if you do them, then everything's going to be fine. I have mm-hmm. seen people that do all the seven steps that it doesn't work out. You do it, but you do it authentically. How are you able to take a machine like a social media and still keep it as personal as you do? And then talk about like how, um, you know, cause I, I think that people are always looking for the magic bullet. They're always looking mm-hmm. for the fact of like, okay, well, I want to have so many followers. I want to do this. I want to blow up on YouTube. But what I love about you is that you keep doing the right things for the right reasons and the right things keep happening. Tell us about some of those things that, that can help or has helped you uh, throughout uh, with your social, the social media. I think it's, for me, it's easy. It's just, it's just love. That's it. That's like the summary of it. It's, it's just all love, Kelly. So first off, you have to love yourself, right? You have to love yourself. You have to love you. You have to recognize that you're special. You're unique. You have a purpose. There's no one else like you. It's senseless. It's lame having to copy or be someone else. They're like the perfect them, admire them, celebrate them. Right. But don't copy them. Right. It's like, why, why would you do that? You're amazing. It's like, you're saying, God, you suck. Uh, I should have been like that. It's like, why, why do that? So first off, like, love yourself. If you love yourself, you're not going to copy, right? Which is only going to hold you back because then now there's two pages that are same, right? So how are you going to shine when, you know, a bunch of other people are copying that person too? So now there's like 10 million of you guys. So you have to love you to be you because that's the only way you're going to shine. And then, um, and then that's not going to cripple you either because you're not going to compare yourself. If you love you, your weaknesses you know, all of a sudden you'll be like, yay, weaknesses. You're going to celebrate it. You're going to boast it, boast about it. Then what does that do? It, it makes you relatable. The people who are meant to be your audience, your demographic, you're naturally going to draw in. If you try to be like another person, you're going to draw in the wrong crowd. And then that's just tiring. That's tiring because you're going to have to keep up with the show. And if you're tired, then you're not going to work. Then you're not going to post. Then creating content is going to be tiring it's going to turn into work but if you're you it's just natural right it's natural it doesn't seem like work um if you love you you'll love yourself enough to do what you love Mm. to do what you love so again it's not work because you love it and um what i share to with my with my daughter is i mean everything's business so there's competition that's natural for me you need to out love your competition. If you could genuinely 
sincerely love and serve other people, I feel like that makes all the difference. Because Kelly, people say hard work beats talent, natural talent. Hard work beats aptitude, right? I believe love beats hard work. Because if, if I love it and you're just working hard, forcing yourself to be someone who you're not meant to be, I'm going to totally out love you. I'm going to outpace you by a lot. Because I love what I'm doing and I love the people I'm serving. So you need to love you, love you enough to do what you love. And then when you're doing what you love, you do it with love. You do it with love. And when you're doing it with love, you're doing it your own way. Then you do stupid things like 3D animations, 2D animations, all these weird stuff because it's, you're weird. Celebrate your weirdness, right? Do comics and all that. Um, And then you love and serve other people. Um, So I think... Yeah, it's just love. And then when you post, because you're doing it with love, before you post, you're like, you know, who am I posting this for? You know, you give them a name. I don't know. Let's say Kelly. Okay, I'm posting for for, for Kelly. You know, what's Kelly going through? What's what's hurting Kelly right now? How's Kelly doubting himself? What does Kelly wish? You know, how could I serve Kelly? What time does Kelly wake up? Oh, oh, what's what's Kelly's, you know, let's say I post something for you crafted according to who I think you are, and then it didn't work, the numbers aren't good. I'm not going to like lay in my couch and feel bad and start doubting myself because I love you so much, Kelly. I'll be like, oh, that didn't work for Kelly. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll figure something else out. Oh, Kelly doesn't wake up at eight o'clock. I'll, I'll, I'll post at seven. You know, if you're driven by love, you're less offended you're less like willing to give up because you're just like so excited to love and serve on who your people are so to me it's love and only you can love the way you love so if you're going to copy a step-by-step seven-step thing that someone told you to do well that's the way they love their demographic right and you have to ask your why are you even in this to love people are you in this to love you is it an ego thing and if it's an ego thing wait something's going on maybe fix that Maybe work on loving you so you don't have to do it, you know, that way. So it's always like, why, 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 why? And that's what I'm trying to explain to my daughter. Just always ask yourself, audit it. Why, why, why? Check the reasons why you're doing things. So to me, social media, business, everything, it's really just like love. And um, that thing you sent me, you said you believe in the 98 um, two rule, 98% to 2% rule, 2% aptitude, 98% attitude. Oh my gosh. I forgot already. Attitude. attitude. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, attitude, attitude is your interaction with the world according to how you see it, how you see things. That's your mindset. So now you have to ask yourself, what is my mindset? What affects my mindset? Right. And for me, it's, it's, it's that love. It's love, love for myself, love for what I do. And, and that all stems from my faith, from my faith. So I always go back to like, wait, who is my God? What does my God say I am? What is my purpose? And then it just flows from there. And it just happens to be love, 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 love. And if I could just continue to keep it that way, it would be less burnouts, Kelly. Seriously, <laughs> I just need to have like love tattooed on my forehead. So um. I don't forget. Well, you, you do have love tattooed on your forehead and it just, it exudes from you. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for all that you do. And, uh, not, not what you do. I should, I should rephrase that who you are, um, because who you are empowers people to be who they are. And I saw that happen from the first time that I got a chance to be around you and in, um, you know, in Zion and, uh, and then you went on stage and, 
Yeah, you just you allowed people in the room to be themselves as opposed to trying to force them to be something. And I, I, I just want to applaud you. Um, I started the podcast because of my kids and you know, was, uh, they're, they're 12 years old. McKenna's 12 years old and Maddox is nine years old. McKenna is a, uh, is an, is an artist and a creative and um, she's just, a, she's an absolute lover. And then uh, Maddox is just, I mean, he's just Maddox. He's got his own style um, constantly just doing whatever he wants. And he's so joyous in what he does. Um, the reason why is because I wanted to take iconic people like yourself and I wanted to humanize you. I wanted my kids to see that Chanel Mariano is not this, you know, uh, crazy, uh, you know, um, iconic, successful hairdresser, educator, the best in the business. Chanel is a person with a phenomenal attitude and amazing work ethic because she loves what she does. And so what advice would you give to Maddox and McKenna? Um, and if you could use their names, it would be awesome. Maddox, McKenna, my, my advice for you is the same advice I have for my daughter. It's just don't forget whose you are and don't forget who you are. Like, no matter what happens in life, just just always remember that, like, who does God say you are versus what other people, what society or what you see with your own eyes says, even if it seems so real. It's like, no, no, go back to, you know, who does your God say you are? Who are you in him and who is he? And then let that empower you. Let that make you feel like scrappy do. You guys probably don't even know who that is. I feel ancient. I feel like a dinosaur. But make it make you feel like like David there you go not scrappy do yes we love scrappy do oh they know who he is awesome well, we okay. love scrappy do i don't do. feel I mean, <laughs> and i do and all of our listeners out there you better know who scrappy do is if not you need to google it um, but i believe that everyone knows what scrappy do is and uh, Chanel, i just want i want to thank you for your time um, i want to thank you for uh, you know who you are whose you are, um, and, uh, you know, the impact that you make on so many, so many lives. I mean, it, it, you, you truly, like a lot of times people think like, you know, Hey, I want to change myself. I want to change my community. Um, you know, or, or I want to change the world. And it's amazing because you're changing the world simply by just being yourself. And, uh, you, you inspire me to no end. Um, I, I think that you're the best, um, you, you really are the best, uh, that I've seen. And I've got a chance to see some phenomenal people in, in, in an industry that, you know, has a lot of incredible people, but I've never seen anything like you. And, um, you know, I just, I, I appreciate your time and, and thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate you.